The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. And Thank you, John Scott. God is great. And I don't think we even understand how great that is. Good morning. I want to uh, welcome both members and visitors to our 1045 service here at Preston Christ Church of Christ. I'm Charlie Johnston, one of the elders. And we're happy to have you join us, both here physically and virtually, through our streaming. If you are a first-time visitor, Please fill out the attendance card in the back of the pews and take it to our information desk in the foyer. We want to welcome you with a special gift 
and also get to know you better as we see you after service. Please take the time now, if you haven't done so already, to text CHECK-IN to church teams at the number on the screen, 469-476-5331. This is critical for our response team knowing who is attending in case of a safety or security event. Besides getting the bulletin when you text CHECK-IN, you can also text ME to that number anytime and automatically be logged in to select the directory, website, ask for prayers, and get the latest prayer list. Any prayer or contact request can also be made by filling out one of the cards in the back of the pews and dropping it in the contribution box in the foyer. We want to remind you about our 50th anniversary celebration on Sunday, March 27th. This will be a great time of greeting former members, remembering our first 50 years as a congregation, and looking forward to even greater blessings from God in the next 50 years. If you haven't done so already, please see your bulletin to sign up for the YouVersion Bible app, Bible Biblical Storyline Reading Plan, and also complete your online purpose cards for 2022. Also, we will have a youth group fundraiser next week, which Gordon will be discussing in more detail. Let's read from Psalms 147, verses 1 through 5. Let's read that together. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all our blessings, our homes, our health, our jobs, our opportunities, our friends, and our families. Father, we have some members of our family that we want to bring before you this morning, and we especially ask that you would be with Jonathan Stote and Joshua Songer and their recovery from their illness. Pray that you would be with Don and Denise Witt and the loss of his father, Steve. We pray that you'd be with Mike and Lisa Pipkin in the loss of his mother, Lorraine. We pray that you'd be with Elgin and Don Connor in the loss of her brother, Harold. And we pray that you'd be with Ron Moore in the loss of his mother, Carolyn. And Father, we just, we praise you for the many lives that Carolyn and Charles touched in their Italian ministry work. Father, please surround these families with your comfort and love and help us to be your hands and feet as we support them during this difficult time. God, we thank you for the talents you've given each of us to use in your service. I pray that everyone here at Preston Crest will find that special area of service where we can help your kingdom grow and be more effective, bringing those around us both near and far into your family. We also ask that you be with Gordon this morning as he helps us see how to use our talents to love 
and serve you better. In Christ's blessed name we pray. Amen. All right, church. We still got folks coming in. We got plenty of seating right here in business class if anybody wants to come down here to the front. Let's all stand. Let's uh, sing this morning. Oh, Lord, my God,
As we enter into this time of communion this morning, we're going to sing one more song and then Sam Vesali is going to come and lead us around the bread and the cup.
morning, church. A few months ago, uh, a fellow brother stood up to do this, and he was wearing a pair of bright white pants. And I thought, man, that is brave. Uh, not for the fashion choice, he looked quite sharp. Uh, but because if I wore a pair of bright white pants, they would not stay that way for long. I have three kids. I was like, I would have a handprint somewhere and some marker uh, on there somehow. My kids didn't even have markers, but it would have happened. Uh, ketchup stain after lunch. Those pants would not be white for long. I'm, of course, was kidding myself. Even if I didn't have kids, those pants would still not be white for very long. I would have brushed up against the car and gotten them dusty. There'd be a couple of just inexplicable black smudges from something, uh, and the ketchup would have been for my own french fries. I'm, I, I can't lie and pretend it was not. Um, those pants, I would have worn them once. They'd have been white for about 30 minutes, and that would have been the end of it. Nothing would have gotten them clean. No magic of bleach or dry cleaner uh, could have made them look as good the second time as the first time they were worn. God gives us a bright white soul with no blemish on it. And we can blame whoever else we want for that soul not being quite so white 30 minutes after we, we go out into the world. But the truth is, uh, we, we do it ourselves, right? A bad choice here, a mistake there, um, a something we wish we could have taken back. But luckily, there is a miracle to get those stains out, something that will make them just like brand new. Uh, we are told in the Bible it would be white as snow, that when Jesus brings us before God for judgment, we will be presented blameless, not full of blame and excused, blameless, as white uh, as the day that we were made. And that miracle is, of course, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, the one guy who made it through his entire life without getting a stain on those bright white pants, uh, just to prove that it could be done and to pay the price so the, the rest of us could be presented as blameless as he really is. So will you join me in prayer as we celebrate that today? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that no matter our shortcomings, uh, no matter how much we mess up, that you can wash us clean and make us white as snow. Thank you for the example. Thank you for the sacrifice, Lord, that you paid the price that we could not. Thank you for your son and all that he did, Lord, living that blameless life, making the sacrifice, and forwarding that grace onto us. Send your sons and we pray. Amen.
Heavenly Father, I don't think we can ever fully understand what that sacrifice felt like to see your son there, to hear him cry out, to see him bleed from his side as he was pierced, from his hands, from his feet, from his head. But we are so grateful for that blood that can wash us clean, that we can be presented to you without blame, just like you intended us to be. Thank you for that unbelievable grace. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.
Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Sam, as you were talking, I was just thinking about last week. I shared this with Isla. So I come to church. I'm at first service. I've got my communion packets, and I open up the bread, and there are two breads, right? Which is great. Maybe that's happened if you've been here a while. You've gotten a two-bread morning. Uh, then second service, this is a remarkable thing. I get my packet open, two breads again. I told her, man, I think God knows I need a little extra grace today. And maybe you need a little extra grace today. We're glad that you're here. Uh, if you want to give this morning, you can do that on the website. Click the give button. You can do that through church teams. Or you can just drop money or a check in the box out in the foyer. Uh, so many ministries and a lot of those ministries have to do with extending a little extra grace to people. And there is a time, I was thinking this morning, John Scott, with a video that we're going to show here in a minute. Uh, it, there's a time in the hospital where people are laid up in there. And what a beautiful thing to receive a visitor in the name of Christ, to sit with them, to pray with them, uh, to, to listen and we support one of those ministries here. So many of you volunteer to go into those situations and share God's grace and his presence. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the women and men here who minister in the name of Jesus, who extend grace and more grace to those around them, who know how to recognize a place of need and serve in the name of Jesus. Bless those workers, whether they're here in our Dallas mission field or bless our partners working on the other side of the world to share the good news of Jesus. We ask this in his name. Amen. Preston Crest family. My name is Dottie White and I have the privilege of serving as a volunteer for Lifeline Chaplaincy. Preston Crest has been involved with Lifeline Chaplaincy for many years and when we don't have COVID restrictions, we have several members of our congregation that participate in visiting those in area hospitals. Patient visitation is at the heart of this ministry. Trained volunteers extend care to patients and their families, striving to ensure that members of the church in the Dallas Metroplex who are hospitalized are visited and provided whatever support they may require. When you give to Preston Crest Good Works, you support Lifeline Chaplaincy. Because of your generous support, Preston Crest can provide financial as well as volunteer support to this ministry. As Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36, I was sick and you visited me. Church, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church right now. We're going to sing a wonderful song next, as we, just before Gordon comes back up to share with us from the Word. Let's, uh, and I love this song. This is this is one of very few songs where the altos actually start off. But let me invite all of the ladies to start singing with us uh, in this first slide. Love. 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 
Man. That's good when I get out of the way. Yeah. It sounds so good. I don't know what iteration that Hollywood is on on those movies, Sing, Sing 1, Sing 2. Are we on Sing 3 yet? Sing 4? I don't know. But the next one could be Sing 3, Preston Crest. Uh, you guys sound so good, and I know it's God. Who you, by the way, if you don't know how to sing or you don't know how to read music, great. I mean, uh, God said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So we welcome all kinds of shouts of joy and praise here at Preston Crest, and we're glad your voice is among our number today. I am excited about next Sunday. First of all, I love our youth group. Second of all, I love fajitas, and I get both of those in one amazing Sunday. Uh, next week is the fajita fundraiser, fundraiser. I mean, we do put the fun in fundraising here at Preston Crest, but it is the fundraiser, and we've been doing this a number of years. The food is great. The fellowship is great. The cause is even greater as our kids will be going to Guatemala this year, part of the larger Preston Crest group, as well as a trip to Oklahoma City, two powerful mission projects. So get ready, get hungry, bring your checkbook. We'll see you at the Fajita fundraiser next week. No, I did not want to turn you off. Let's see if we can get you turned back on here. There we go. Man, Paul loved this church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers, the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because, you, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. You are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. I love this. How I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me... Uh, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What had happened to Paul? Well, he was in prison, and he says, don't worry about that, guys. God is actually using that uh, for the cause of the gospel. How interesting it is. This is not the sermon this morning, but how interesting it is that God takes these moments of pain, these situations that are uncomfortable or things that we would not have chosen, and he uses those. Amen? Well, Paul loved, I think you saw that, he loved this church. This was his favorite church. I'm convinced of that. The church at Philippi. And this is what God wants his church to be, whether there or here at Preston Crest. It is a family. It is a place where you belong. That's what I believe God wants. And so he writes in verse 2 that God is our Father. And the women and men around us are our 
adelphoi, our sisters and brothers. That's the Greek word for siblings. Um, So we're going to talk this morning about what this means, what this looks like, uh, a place where Jesus is not only our Lord, but our older brother, and where the creator of the universe, God, is, in fact, our Father. Well, we're going to unpack that, but I wanted to share with you, you know, this thing that God created, the church, it is this place for each person to fit and belong and find themselves, grow in their new identity with Jesus, and also form connections with other Adelphoi, with other sisters and brothers around them. Uh, Josh Rivas, some of you know him, uh, one of our Preston Crest members who just recently, like within the last month, moved to Seattle, Washington. Uh, I got to baptize him back in 2019, but his experience with Jesus and with the gospel uh, happened in a big way here at Preston Crest, uh, and he has quite a story to tell. I got to see him on Zoom this morning. He's still joining our Bible class on Zoom. And uh, Josh had, uh, had been addicted to drugs. Josh had done prison time for some drug-related offenses. Uh, then he became a licensed practical therapist, a drug uh, rehab therapist. And then he met Jesus here at Preston Crest. And here's some of the story that he shared and wanted me to share with you guys. He said, I came to this church at my lowest point. I had suffered a brain injury and was incredibly lost. I felt as though my identity had been taken away from me. I came through the doors in desperation. Soon Gordon and everyone made me feel like I, here's the word, belonged. I love that. And I found my true identity as a disciple of Christ in this church I was saved in every way a person can be. He says, my heart is full with the love of my Savior Jesus Christ and for the family I have here at Preston Crest. Josh, by the way, not alone. So many of us have stories like that to tell where we found a family here at Preston Crest through thick and thin. Now, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament uses a number of images. Family is one. We're going to unpack that. But there are other beautiful images to represent what is the church? What is the church supposed to be as well? One of those images is the image of a flock. Think sheep grazing in a valley or on a hillside. We're not used to that today, you know, sheep, a shepherd. But back then, everyone knew what that was. They go, oh yeah, I see that all the time. Sheep where a shepherd leads and feeds, where they do life together. There's a word in Greek for a sheep, for a lamb that is not part of a flock. It is planithi. Say that with me, planithi. Planithi. That is the word for a sheep without a flock, and it's translated as lost, right? We were made to be part of this community, this, this flock. Um, and then there's another image, the body of Christ. Think about that. The church is so important that it's called the body of Christ. That one we all understand because we've got bodies. A body is a whole, but it's made up of different parts. And the hand needs to be connected to the arm in order for it to work. The arm to the torso, all of this stuff has to be connected. And there's this word, it's a brutal word. But when a body is dis 
membered. That's not a healthy body, is it? And when a member of, of, of God's kingdom, when a disciple of Jesus is not a member of a local church, when that individual is dismembered, that's not a healthy place to be. That's not an ideal place for the believer. The New Testament also calls the church the bride of Jesus. Man, we are not perfect. We got struggles, we've got issues, but wow, the value that the Lord places on the church to call her his bride. What a beautiful image. And last week, we talked from Peter uh, about what these different images that Peter presented. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people. Um, Wow. We, Peter said, are created for God's own possession, the church. And this morning, yeah, we're going to zero in on the family of God as this image that's used more than any other in the New Testament to paint a picture of the church. To a local church in the city of Ephesus, made up of people of non-Jewish backgrounds, Paul writes the following in chapter 2, verse 19. You Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer outsiders. You are members of God's family. Isn't that beautiful? Let's read that together if you would. You Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are members of Yeah, wow, wow. And because of what Jesus accomplished on our behalf, not because of anything we did, we have been added into the household of God. And Paul writes to a church with a a number of pretty serious issues going on. But he reminds them in Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, you are a family of faith. A family of faith. And so are we. God is our Father. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray. He didn't say, my Father who is in heaven. He said, our Father who is in heaven. And Jesus calls us his brothers. An amazing passage in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. The word of God says that Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers. His Adelphoi. I love that. And so in a family, we know how families work. Uh, There is a shared life together. There are shared responsibilities together. There are probably some family traditions in each family. There are these obligations that we have to serve each other. And there is, or at least there should be, this agape, this unconditional love. And so Jesus himself declared, this is so fascinating to me, Jesus himself came along and declared that his spiritual family was of greater importance to him than his physical, biological family. Think about that for a second. One time his relative showed up to a place where he was teaching and ministering and somebody said, hey Jesus, your family is here. And he said in Matthew chapter 12, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward who? Toward his disciples. 
to his church family, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that's my brother, that's my sister, that's my mother. Man. I remember as a kid, my parents were very social people. They were always on the phone or having people over. But I remember we had, when they'd be on the phone and we had in our kitchen, we had one of these, it was a avocado green telephone in the kitchen with a cord that was, I don't know, 30 feet long. You know, one of those that would kind of expand and stuff. Kids, phones used to have cords. Anyway, another time. But I remember when my mom or dad would be on the phone and mom would be sharing a recipe with somebody or, or talking with one of her friends about bridge club or something or whatever. And all of a sudden she would say, sister or brother. And I knew, ah, that's somebody from our church family. My dad would be on the phone giving medical advice or just listening to somebody. He was a doctor. And, and when he would say, sister, brother, I knew that's somebody from our church family. My parents did a really good job of teaching me how important the church is, this family that we enjoy as members of the body of Christ. And so Paul comes along throughout the New Testament and he elevates this. And he shows us it's not because somebody has their act together that they're my brother in Christ. It's not because somebody's doing everything exactly right. In fact, he writes to the church in Corinth, perhaps the most messed up church, divisions, all sorts of stuff going on in there. We talked about it last week. He talks to this church, and as he's writing to them, he says in chapter 1, verse 10, you are my brothers. He says in chapter 6, verse 8, you're my brothers. He says in chapter 15, you are my beloved brothers. Man, I remember going off to college and I didn't know anybody in Oklahoma City. That's where college was, Oklahoma City. I didn't know anybody up there. And I was so worried, you know, what's this going to be like? And yeah, I made some friends and stuff. But I remember this elderly couple, Howard and Marilyn, at the Memorial Road Church, who the first Sunday there said, hey, we want to be your adopted family here. And I remember then for months and even years, Marilyn stuffing me with her homemade pot roast and chocolate cake. And she told me, if you ever need to wash clothes, you come over here any time of day. She said, if you don't have a reason, but you just want to get out of the dorms and come into a home, come over here. And I learned from them what it looks like to take ideas like this from the abstract, a spiritual family. And put flesh and blood on those ideas. And hopefully you have people in your life that are doing that for you. Jan Peterson. Um, you may not know her, but her husband is Eugene Peterson. You may not know him, but he's a Christian writer and a translator of the Bible. But Jan wrote some really poignant things about this bond that we share in the church. Listen to this. She said, being a church member is a vocation, a way of life. It means participation in an intricate web of hospitality. Living at the intersection of human need and God's grace. Inhabiting a community where men and women who don't fit in are welcomed. Where neglected children are noticed. 
where the stories of Jesus are told and people who have no stories find out that they do have stories, stories that are part of Jesus' story. Being a church member places us strategically at a heavily trafficked intersection between heaven and earth. I love that. We are at a strategic location, this intersection of heaven and earth as God's kingdom people, as his church. And when we encounter new thoughts like those of Jan or ancient thoughts like those of Jesus and Peter and Paul, we get this clearer picture of the church as this family where the imperfect gather. This family where the hurting are welcome and are loved. This family where we find a sense of home. There is no perfect church. This is not. We've got a lot of room to grow. Uh, there can be, as you've probably heard before, there can be no perfect church on earth. Because the second you or I stepped in the doors, it wouldn't be perfect anymore, would it? But Paul calls the broken people, the struggling people, the folks trying to break free from sin in Corinth. He calls them my beloved brothers. So let's talk about Philippi for a second, moving back to that church. The one that he loved so dearly. Paul had a lot of history there in the city of Philippi. In Philippi, there were not a lot of options for you if you were church shopping. There wasn't like choices between First Redeemer Church, Main Street Church, Northside Church. There was one option in the city of Philippi. It was the church that met at Lydia's house. She was a successful merchant. She hosted a Bible study by the Ganges River. That's where Paul met her. He went down to her prayer group down there on that river. He shared Jesus with her and she became a follower of Christ and her home. Her home became the hub of the family of God there in Philippi. Also in that city, Paul and Silas had managed to get arrested, which was something they managed to do in a lot of cities. They were arrested there for causing a great disturbance. What had they done in Philippi? They had come across a teenage slave girl who was possessed by a demon, and in the name of Jesus, they had set her free. Not everybody was happy for her deliverance. Because somehow, some way, that demon that had inhabited her had enabled her to be a fortune teller. And her owners had made money off of her. And so when she was delivered, they saw a loss of profit. They were not happy. They had Paul and Silas arrested and beaten and thrown in jail. Beautiful and miraculous series of events at the Philippi City Jail. Long story short, they end up in the middle of the night in the home of the jailer. I imagine it was connected to the jail. Not sure about that. But they end up in the jailer's home with this guy, with his wife, with his family, and they share about Jesus. And there in the wee hours of the night, that family is baptized into Jesus. 
Paul went in a prisoner. He came out a brother of these people. So much history in the city of Philippi. So many emotional, even life and death experiences there. By the way, while he loved this church, and while in many ways the Philippian church is an exemplary church, they had problems too. They had divisions. They had people who didn't get along. We got names here. These two ladies, Euodia and Syntyche, they did not like each other. They worshiped together. They showed up at Lydia's house together. But they were not getting along. And so in this letter, Paul gives them some orientation. And guess what? It's not, hey, maybe better if you guys just went to separate churches. You know, find a new church home so you don't have to see each other. Or it wasn't, um, hey, why don't you, Euodia, go and plant a church so you don't have to see Syntyche every week. No, his, his counsel to them was for them to reconcile in the Lord. They're sisters Brothers and sisters, we don't always get along. We have difficulties from time to time. But we've been talking about this in this series. While we have all sorts of, in this room, different personalities and different preferences and different politics, we are united by someone greater than all of that. Our Father... Our Father holds us together. Philippians 1, verse 2. We are held together also by, same verse, our powerful common Savior, Jesus Christ. We are held together, verse 5, by our common partnership in the gospel. And I love verse 6. We are held together by the fact that God's ongoing work is happening within each one of us. And those things are greater than anything that would divide us. And so Paul tells this church in Philippi that he regularly prays for them. And this is the prayer we have recorded by Paul for the Philippian church. And this would be a great prayer for you to pray for this church family at Preston Crest. Here goes Philippians 1.9. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Like, I don't know what the particulars are that we need to work on, or who you're struggling to get along with, or this or that or the other thing. I know this. We got room to grow in abounding in love. And I'm going to pray that we do that. Now, I want to be specific this morning as I finish up here about things at the Preston Crest Church of Christ that help each one of us be a good, productive member of the family. A good brother, a good sister. Here are some basic stuff, and this is stuff that Phil Jackson, one of our shepherds, and I share at our PC 101 coffee and conversations gathering for new members. We talk about reaching up to God. We talk about reaching in to each other. And we talk about reaching out to the community, reaching up. Very simply, we talk about, hey, being a church member here, being a member of this family, I'm going to attend worship services regularly. In other words, I'm not going to wander off 
from the flock. I'm going to be in the middle of the flock when that flock gets together. I'm going to grow in my relationship with Jesus. I hope that every disciple at Preston Crest is committed to growing every day of your life as a follower of Jesus. We never arrive. We never get there this side of heaven. There's always room to grow. And so it's a place where each one of us is taking seriously this commitment to grow with the help of the Spirit in the image of Jesus. And also, we're going to give faithfully of our money to the work of Preston Crest. We're going to help with the family expenses, the family investments in our community, in our city, in our children, in our older people. And reaching in to our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that looks like a lot. Of, here's a few simple things. One is to be involved at Preston Crest in a Bible class connection, you know. Um, lots of churches have lots of ministries going on. Bread and butter at this church. A Bible class. That's where so much ministry happens. That's where relationship happens. Even mission trips come out of those, those Bible class connections. So I'm going to be involved in one of those. There's a bunch to choose from. You'll find a place where you fit. Act in love toward other Preston Crest members. And use your gifts and talents to serve the needs of the church. That's how you're going to reach in here at Preston Crest. Now, reaching out to outsiders. Uh, one thing is simply on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or whenever you hear warmly welcome visitors and guests. That may seem like a small thing, but it is such a big thing. When you walk across the threshold in some new place where you don't know anybody, to have someone introduce themselves, someone listen to you talk about yourself, it means so much. We're going to warmly welcome visitors. We're going to serve those outside the church. We're not just going to serve ourselves. We're going to pray for the growth of the church. We're going to do some neighboring. We've been talking about that some over the past few years, which is, hey, practically, I need to love my neighbor as myself, so I'm going to get to know my next door neighbor, my across the street neighbor, uh, get to know them. Maybe I'll get a chance to serve them as well. And I'm also going to invite unchurched friends and people to attend Preston Christ. Last week, I was introduced. One of our members um, went to a really nice restaurant and met a banquet manager at this, you'd probably know the name of this restaurant if I said it, but met the banquet manager at this restaurant, and they just hit it off. And our member invited her to come to Preston Crest, and she showed up last Sunday. I got to meet her. And then Isla and I were going to have a date night, and I pulled out like five different gift cards, and I said, pick one. Where are we going to go tonight? And Isla picked that restaurant she had no idea about this story. She picked that restaurant. We went there, and we just asked our server, hey, is so-and-so working tonight? She said, yeah, she is. So this young lady, 20-something lady, the banquet manager, comes to our table at one point, sits down with us, and we're just talking, talking, talking. She said, hey, I'm about to get off work. Can we just talk a while? And we said, Sure. So we ended up, it was really cold that night, we ended up in our car in the parking lot listening and talking and praying with her. But it all started because someone here just invited someone from the community, hey, why don't you come worship with us at Preston Crest? I don't know where that story's going to go, but it has to start somewhere. And if you're looking this morning for a place to belong, if you're looking for a church family, 
This is not a perfect one, but we would love to welcome you as our sister, as our brother. A next step for you might be being part of that PC 101 gathering on March the 6th. It's coming up. I can't tell you the coffee is going to be amazing, but I can tell you it will be hot and there will be coffee. And there will be some great fellowship going on as we just talk about what it looks like to be part of this church family. So I hope you'll be part of that gathering on March the 6th. Maybe this morning you just want to follow Christ. You want to put your faith in Jesus and we would love to talk with you, explore your questions about that. Maybe this morning you need prayers. This is a family. We believe in praying for each other. However you need to respond, do that as we stand and we worship our Father together. Give life, you are love, you bring light to John Scott, I'm going to throw you a little curve this morning since we've heard from Gordon. 
about using our gifts and our talents. And I want you to pull out your cell phone right now. And I want you to text SERVE to ch church teams. And that number is 469-476-5331. You see it up on the screen. Text SERVE, S-E-R-V-E. And when you get your link back, click on that link. We'll see how many it can handle at once. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you got the link and you're logged in. All right, we're getting there. Okay, in there, you, you'll see it's all filled out with your name, telephone number, where you live, and at the bottom it says, I want to serve. And if you click that link, it's going to give you an option to serve in 37 different ministries here at Preston Crest. It's that easy. If you want to know more about a ministry before you sign up, go to our website, and it'll give you a longer explanation of that. But we want each one of you to use your gifts and talents, like Gordon just mentioned, to serve in this congregation. It's that easy. I'm impressed. We can do that while we're standing up and everything. That's good. <laughs> Please uh, plan to be back tonight as Gordon shows us how some of the same questions we face today are answered as we resume our journey through Genesis. Now let's read our take-home verse together. It comes from John 13, verses 34 through 35. Let's read it together. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you you are also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And the congregation says, Amen. Amen. Have a great day.